It's DTS 224, the final episode of Destiny the Show. You're listening to Destiny the Show. What is good, everybody, and welcome to Destiny the Show. I almost wanted to say it, Diddy, but all right. The Destiny News podcast that keeps you, the Guardian, ahead of the curve in the world of Destiny. I am BBK Dragoon. I'm joined by my great co-host, Diddy. We are on the final episode, my man. How is your day going? Day is going very well. It's morning time. I had an Einstein Brothers bagel farmhouse sandwich, by the way, if you're wondering, and a Starbucks, so I am ready to go. It's like a holiday, dude. You are starting the morning off right. I've had my coffee. I haven't made eggs just yet. I haven't made breakfast. So like that, that coffee is going to be getting real acidic here pretty soon. And I debated a second cup. (laughs) Like, you know, when you're feeling real dangerous, you're like, I'm going to have a second cup this morning before I eat anything. I don't think I'm ready for that (laughs) level of anxiety, right? All of the uh, sense of urgency with none of the benefits of feeling awake or more motivated, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not functional in the morning without caffeine, unfortunately. I'm at that point. Yeah, I think I used to be way worse in college. Like, I would drink coffee yeah. all hours of the day. I don't know about you. Wake but... up wake up at 8.30 in the morning and open a Red Bull. That was college for me. It was, mm-hmm. it was bad. <laughs> Lots of those energy drinks. Well, today, everybody, this is the final episode of Destiny the Show. We've been talking about this on the program now for a month. We gave our explanation as to why we're wrapping up the program today four weeks ago, but we're going to reiterate that today. This is going to be a different kind of Destiny the Show. We've wanted to share with you guys for a long time lots of stories about the program that we've never talked about here before. Some of our favorite moments, least favorite moments... Uh, the origin of the podcast statistics about like when the show was the most popular and like how, how like actually telling you guys the numbers from Podbean and from YouTube and that kind of a deal. Um, some funny stories about our merchandise and just sort of parting thoughts for you guys, the listeners. I want to frame the whole show with a huge sense of gratitude to you guys, the listeners, for over four and a half years of support on this weekly show. It has been surreal, and I will say, Diddy, it's a bit bittersweet recording this with you today because I've had an incredible time this last four and a half years. Huge thank you to you too, man, for showing up and us doing this show each each week, you know? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, It's just been a wild ride and I'm really excited to talk about a few of the things that we have here today in the show notes. Yes. So news-wise, there wasn't a whole lot happening, at least new, for Destiny 2 this week. But if you Hop in the game itself, there is so much stuff to do. You have Festival of the Lost. We had this double Valor into triple Valor weekend. Iron Banner is continuing. I mean, it's probably over by the time people are listening to this. But wow, like there's quite a bit to do between all three of those activities. You and I both hopped into Iron Banner. Did you get your bounties done? I got all of them but one, and that was the Great Orbs of Light, and that's because I am stubborn and I was playing uh, Ice Stalker. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, well, that's not true. I did do the the Blade Twirly Hunter Super Way of a Thousand Cuts. I can't remember the name, sorry. Um, and I just don't have it upgraded all the way. But uh, I got most of them done. It was mostly, or I mainly did it because of the powerful upgrades. And yes, I did play Iron Banner solo. Yes, it was not super awesome, but I got it done. And I went up like 15 or 17 light levels. It was it was pretty nice. Nice. I did similarly. I played pretty much the whole week solo. I think I have three bounties that I didn't complete, or maybe four bounties. No, no, three bounties that I didn't finish off. Maybe I'll do that before Iron Banner concludes. We're recording here on Sunday. I'm stubborn too, dude. I like my Dawn Blade. <laughs> if you're a good warlock right now, you got to be using the Nova Warp, like the teleporting Nova Bomb. Cause the I hate that one. Oh, my goodness. Don't you it's... like the freaking grenade, the one-hit grenade that's just ridiculous? Oh, yeah, that <laughs> mini supernova. Oh, yeah, handheld. When I, when I first died to that, dude just ran around the corner, and I died instantly. I was like, what in the heck was that? <laughs> it felt like old-school Destiny 1, doesn't it? It's I like, know, man. Oh, there's counterplay potential, huh? Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) But yeah, I think I felt the power level difference a little bit heavier this time. I'm 570 power and, you know, bump up against the 600 guys, no big deal. But when you ran into a lower level player, I think you take the record, right, of the lowest 
you way beat me with a low level guy, right? Yeah, I played I I played mostly with the lower level people for some strange reason because I was around 530 light, but I was seeing a lot of sub 510s even in the 400s. Oh. But I was extremely fortunate in that I once played a game with uh, or against a 488 light and I two shot him with a scout rifle oh. and it was just like cuz I didn't know. It was at the very beginning of the match and I just two headshot <laughs> and he died instantly and I was like what what just happened and i looked at the roster and i was like oh, okay why are you in this playlist dude <laughs> he wants a challenge man it's like piccolo he he's did. got the weights on his body he really did yeah, yeah. um uh, the infinite forest thing was kind of cool I, the I, haunted forest I, sir what do you think <laughs> of it you're the more pve guy uh, I thought it was an interesting challenge. Um, I think Destiny 2 needs something like that that's not timed, where you just keep going and going until it's just impossible to proceed because Glad and his clan, they got to waves or uh, branch 16. They said 17 was possible and 18 was kind of possible with super lucky RNG, but I thought it was a pretty neat little challenge, but I think it just needs to be endless in the game. Oh, man. I so agree. After a week of playing Black Ops 4, the zombies mode, Diddy, and I know you love Killing Floor 2, yes. it is so apparent to me that they have all the recipes for a brilliant endless game mode. I mean, they've done firefights since back in ODST. I don't understand why they've not put together a Prison of Elders endless wave-based survival mode. It, it would fit so ridiculously perfectly. Yeah. They have all these boss mobs, all these yellow bars, all these modifiers, and a crazy sandbox to work with. Bungie, you are missing out on maybe what is some of the easiest evergreen content that you could create. Make the mode, and then just keep adding new rewards every month to it, dude. Right? Yeah, that would be incredible. Like, it's defend the tower or defend the wall or something, and... Or like a grimoire going into the infinite forest to do like um, the siege of the six fronts or whatever it was in the in the lore and just be a part of that moment in destiny history and it was man do that please yeah <laughs> all right let's keep rolling along with the show I'm gonna re-explain why we're wrapping up the program if any of you guys heard this back four weeks ago awesome but there's been a lot of questions from people who maybe didn't hear show 220 about why are you guys leaving why are you ending the program. Uh, the best way I can sum it up is last four and a half years we've done this weekly show. It's been a lot of fun. But every show takes, I would say, four to six hours of work between recording, editing, rendering, uploading, all that stuff. Getting Researching. Researching. Yeah. Wait, we research? You've oh, been doing for that the for show notes. Years? I yeah. mean, I do. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> and it's a lot of time out of our schedule. When we started the program, we were in our, like, mid-20s and now we're in our late 20s and our real-life jobs have become more challenging, more time-consuming, and it's been tougher for us to produce the show on this weekly basis. And so with Forsaken, how well the game went over, it's it's time that we wrap up the program, hang up the headphones, and sort of walk away into the sunset. Diddy and I had talked probably a year and a half ago about when we wanted to sort of see Destiny of the Show conclude. And we wanted it to be not tied to the state of the game. A lot of people and content creators left during the spring, during the rough months of Curse of Osiris. Totally understandable. In fact, if you look at Google Trends for Destiny 2, you can see just how dismally low the interest was in Destiny at that time when you had such a long string of Destiny 2 controversy, the XP throttling thing, the communication missteps into Curse of Osiris. But Diddy and I didn't want to end the program on like that kind of a note, like, ah, oh, throw our cap down. We're so mad at this game. We're walking <laughs> away. We wanted it to be separate of that. So really happy that timing worked out to where Forsaken ended up being great. And this is a nice time for us to step away. We've loved Destiny the show, but it's just been, it's tough. We're both getting older and it is harder for us to put time into these kind of endeavors. Is that a good explanation? Yeah, I think so. I think that's perfect. Spot on. Cool. So it has nothing to do with uh, being salty or sour. Both of us loved Forsaken. And I yeah, think it was a really cool way to wrap up our D2 experience in terms of the podcast. 
Now, a few questions I've been seeing. BBK, are you ending YouTube? No, I'm still going to be creating YouTube content. Is Diddy going away? No, Diddy's still going to be probably making videos together with me here on the channel, and he's going to make his own content too when he has time. And we may even come back to do some sort of Christmas special, or we will still keep our foot in the door. And Diddy, are we closing down the Discord? No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> too many people have helped that community grow, and we don't want to, you know, close that down. So the Destiny the Show Discord, discord.me slash Destiny the Show, is going to stay up for anyone who wants to use it. There's a great community over there. We got lots of familiar faces that uh, that like to run things over there, and it's, it's really nice. And BBK and myself are both uh, pretty involved over there as well. Yep. So the only thing that's sort of going away is just this weekly podcast, and it has been super awesome. So let's move on, and let's start talking about some of the stuff we wanted to chat about here, Diddy. I've got a list of things like, what was your favorite era of Destiny? What was your least favorite? What was your favorite time of the podcast? Uh, the Podbean numbers, our crazy merch story, all that stuff. Why don't we sort of reminisce and get all nostalgic here? Everybody put your rose-tinted glasses on, and let's look back to the past. What was some of your favorite, I guess, using Destiny words, triumphs? throughout Destiny over the last four and a half years? Some of the things that you really remember that stand out to you as your favorite moments of playing the game. So I think there's two moments that really come to mind, and they were both in Destiny 1, one of them being defeating Skolas on, with Arkburn before he was nerfed. <laughs> Pre-nerf. It was... Oh, man. That was the most challenging uh, fight, I think, in, in my opinion, because it was... It wasn't too reliant on the mechanics. It was more working about the team, that, that three-man fire team, and just surviving all of the Vandal snipers and uh, all of the, the just the Skolas stuff, and how you couldn't use Galahorn because it wasn't it wasn't solar burn. Yep, you had to use arc weapons, and it was it was tough. Man. Mostly I would the enemy say shot that arc. Is, yeah, I mean, it was all fallen, so pretty much the majority of everything was Ark, except for maybe the captains and Skolas himself. They did solar burn, but still, it was it was ridiculous. Like, we didn't have Risk Runner then. Risk Runner would have been absolutely oh. amazing in that game mode. That would have been incredible, but, you know, it was it was difficult, and I really, really enjoyed that challenge. I would say that that was more challenging than um, King's Fall hard mode because King's Fall hard mode, that last Oryx fight... Man, it relied too much on mechanics and networking, and it was it was rough. You know, you could do everything right, and the network would just crap itself, and you would lose. Um, Skolas wasn't like that, and it was a good challenge, and it was very rewarding at the end of that. Yeah, if any of um, you didn't play Destiny 1 and you want to experience, like, a tough fight, you can't really get back to the, the power right. range that it was at the time or the pre-nerf. So... Yeah, because we were underleveled still at that time. Like, it, uh, max level was, I think, 34, and I was 33, 32. And it the, was, we were technically underleveled. What yes. were they called? Yeah. yeah and you could only get a few of those. Um, basically, there was a 30 second debuff that you had to keep passing to a different teammate. You couldn't pass it to the same teammate, so you had to keep rotating it in your three man squad. And then the pre nerf skull loss, new waves of enemies would spawn every 90 seconds. And yeah, it didn't matter how many you killed. They would just keep coming. Yeah, and then they, they sort of checkpointed the enemies to where once you wiped the wave, then you'd see the next one come out. Kind of a deal. Uh, I loved that fight, dude. I think you and I both still hold school loss in a really high regard. There was no checkpoint, so at that point, you were an hour and a half usually into... We're talking when it first came out, guys, not like after people were hauling ass through it. Like, <laughs> but you were an hour and a half to two hours in by the time you got to school loss. Didn't you were playing it with sassy didn't he fall asleep yeah so i have a youtube clip of this actually um it man playing <laughs> with two australians in the middle of the day in america it's like th two three or four a.m for them they've been playing for eight, 18 hours straight and they were just super tired and we were on probably our best skull loss run we had never beaten it before and it was like, that was the run we were going to do. And Aura and I both died, and Sassy was last man standing, and he fell asleep. <laughs> and we were just, like, shouting into the mics, like, Sassy, wake up. He's asleep, dude. No. <laughs> and then we just, 
we looked at his cam and he was just standing there and Skolas was just slowly approaching with his scorch can and he was like, hey, I getcha. And he killed him. It was like, ah, no. Good times. That was pretty funny. And then what else were some of your favorite memories from D1? The only other thing that I would say is a top triumph for me was completing the original Thorn bounty uh, like when it was still its own bounty um, on a hunter in Destiny 1. Because uh, here, I'm just going to... Let me just pull it up real quick. It was called A Light in the Dark, uh, Year 1 Thorn Bounty. And uh, there were seven steps or six steps rather and one of them was uh use void damage to defeat guardians in the crucible death will slow your progress so that required 50 or 500 points five points are gained per kill two lost per death meaning that progress is made as long as an average ratio of void kills to deaths is sustained above you know 0.4 i'm reading that straight off the wiki so um and uh, kills must be made with a weapon or skill that does void damage. Assists do not count. And at this time, hunters did not have a void subclass. And yeah. I, I was still on the PlayStation 4. And uh, this was before I got it on Xbox in December. So the first three months of Destiny, I got this bounty. And I grinded through it. The only void weapon I had was a void shotgun, and this was way before shotguns were good in the Crucible. And it was the most nightmarish thing ever. I had to camp. I remember on uh, Rusted Lands, and it was just I had to camp in that little hallway or tunnel <laughs> yeah. that connected the two parts of the map, and yep. I would just you know sit there with my shotgun, and be like, okay, <laughs> I got to get at least two kills before I die. And it was like. I had to play maybe 60 games to get it done. And it was absolutely horrifying. And this was back when Thorn was not super great either. It had six shots. It shot slower. Its reload was atrocious. And it was like, it was good, but it wasn't where it was in the House of Wolves era. Yeah, the February 2015 patch hadn't gone live yet. Yeah, exactly. So it was like this super hard grind on a hunter with one single void weapon. And it was a nightmare. Ugh. Yeah, I, I think people would lose their minds. Like, when you look at the nerf that the Ace of Spades quest got, and then you look back at A Light in the Dark, yeah. the quest line from this, you're like, people would have lost their minds. At yeah, how- because I was I was complaining about it and be like, well, it's not that hard. And I'm like, dude, you're a warlock with Nova Bomb. Yeah. It's way easier for you to get void kills, like multiple void kills. And uh, the Titans, even. Like, they, they had the, the Ward of Dawn, I guess. But they had void grenades and avoid melee hunters. Nope, you had to use a weapon, and it was either a special or a heavy weapon at that point. And it was just like, man, I was. Uh, it was rough. Yeah, I remember two main things. Like two of my favorite, I guess, triumphs from Destiny was for a pretty good period of time throughout Destiny One's lifespan. I did trials runs with Sassy and Aura and also Chozo Cat, like some really good friends, a couple of those guys, Australians that we played with regularly and chatted about. And it got to the point where we could do weird like um, challenge runs, right? So we did a No Land Beyond Flawless Weekend. We did before one Flawless. Before it was buffed. Before it was buffed. No, I think it was late. I think it was late. In oh, the really? Yeah, I didn't do an so early. So after they made the reticle change so that you could see through it better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure gotcha. Sassy and those guys did before me. But I remember I have a lot of these highlights on my YouTube channel. What is the uh, Twilight Gap? Okay, on Twilight Gap, I had set up a perfect cross-map Nova Bomb from the spawn <laughs> to where the things, the capture point was. So if you let the round expire and it went to the capture point, I had it perfectly set up to where I could throw the Nova Bomb straight up. And as they're capturing the point, it would Nova Bomb and hit the point right as they were about to get it. And oh I have a God. video of that. And it's just, that was so fun because Trials became, it's not to sound arrogant. Trials, like during Destiny 1, you could go flawless if you had the right skill set. And so it turned into with the right teammates you could do all sorts of funky, silly challenge runs, and if you lost your card, whatever, you'd do it again. I really do miss old trials. I think that was what seriously gave Destiny 1 a lot of momentum on Twitch. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I hope that when they bring it back, it you know rekindles that fire. Yeah, me too. 
Second thing I remember is um, Planet Destiny invited me onto the channel to create content and weapon reviews for them around January, I think, of 2015. And mm -hmm. Planet Destiny back then was comprised mainly of the Destiny community podcast crew. And it was a really cool deal, and I'm extremely grateful for it. But it was it was like a never-ending fear fest for me. Of, am I going to say something wrong in these weapon reviews? Am I going to do something <laughs> incorrect? Because their main reviewer was Patrick Casey, and he's a legend. He's incredible at making weapon He set weapon the standard reviews. for weapon reviews, yeah. Yeah, incredible content creator. And I remember my first review, like the Matador 64, I said was like a really good weapon, but I had shot it a bunch at the wall to look at the pellet pattern or something. And I said it mm -hmm. had nine pellets instead of shotguns, usual 12. Turns out it doesn't. Every shotgun like has, I think, 12. If I got the numbers wrong now, guys, it's been years. I can't remember. But <laughs> I just kept shooting against the wall. And on the 50th freaking shot, I finally got one where it showed all 12 pellets. I was like, oh, that's stupid. And of course, everybody points it out in the comments. And we used to give damage stats back then. Nobody does that now because of, like, level scaling and stuff. Like, But back then, you'd be like, all right, against a yellow bar enemy, you're dealing this kind of damage, right? And I can't remember what scout rifle or something I was reviewing, but the daily mission I went into had small arms on it, which buffs the primary <laughs> weapon damage. And I didn't even, I didn't even think about it because uh, we were trying to pump storm. so many videos out dude and so quickly and of course the damage stats i gave were wrong because they had small arms on it everybody points that out uh it was fun but dude those reviews were nerve-wracking it was a good crucible for me no pun intended because it pushed me to learn a lot more about the game and perks and and then yeah what's what's that saying that the easiest or the the best way to get the right information is to post the wrong answer <laughs> on the internet <laughs> there's a lot of knowledgeable people out there who will tell you uh you're wrong you're wrong <laughs> all right before we move into the next portion of the show today i want to play our christmas intro from a few years ago this Ooh. is one of my favorite destiny triumphs i wish we could have had more time to make more of these but this is the christmas show intro from a few years ago Welcome, my friends. It's good to see you again. It's been another mighty good year here in Destiny. Oh, on your way in, make sure you grab a sugary engram, some chocolate strange coins, maybe some void fist while you're at it. What's that? You brought me a gift? What could it be? DLC, maybe? Oh, okay, no. Oh, or perhaps another raid. Oh, okay. All right, I'll just open it then. Oh, thank you, a year one Yellowhorn. Oh, you say you bought it from Zerice. Mmm, th thank you. I, uh, I wanted one of these a long time ago. Did you bring Skolas with you? Who brought Skolas? Dismantle mines, yes. Or die. Tanix, I told you no. Don't bring those in here. It's a Sunbreaker, we've got to run! Ah, thank you, Kate. I get my day headshot didn't quite do that, but uh, well done. It's not the getting in, it's the getting out. Okay. Bathrooms down the hall to the left. Use your ghost to get in, you know how. Eyes up, Guardian. Good to be back. Oh my gosh, who let Dinklage in? Oh, I know I know he was here last year, but you know, we don't really want him there anymore. I mean, it's walk on Nolan's right over there on the couch. I mean, it's just, ah. Oh. Awkward. Oh, 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 it's starting. Everybody, everybody, come here, come here. Welcome to Destiny the Show. Good times, Diddy, good times. <laughs> All those sound effects and stuff. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, so silly. <laughs> I, maybe we'll come back this Christmas. Maybe we'll show up and surprise people. What do you think? I would say uh, we're going to say we're not going to do that and then do it anyway, so it's a surprise. Mm, good call. Good call, Diddy. All right, more fun. What was your least favorite era of Destiny? And then we'll talk about our favorite era of Destiny. We're, we're thinking in the last four and a half years, what was your favorite time period of the game and your least favorite time period of the game? My favorite time period would have to be probably um, Taken King era. Yeah. There was there were so many new and improvements new improvements to the game that just made it addictive as all get out. And that was the first era of Destiny that I was raid ready 
on launch day. So um, that just, it, it has, you know, a special place in my heart. Defeating Golgroth for the first time after six or seven hours, it was, that was like the best thing ever. Mm. Um, now, least favorite is going to be the first time Fell Winter's Lie, that shotgun sniper that dropped in the Iron Banner, and it was a shotgun blink meta. You could get Fell Winter's Lie with like rangefinder and shot package or something ridiculous, and it was just like you aim down sights with the Fell Winter's Lie, and you killed people with greater ease than a sniper rifle. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like there was so many. I remember seeing this one video on YouTube. I can't remember who created it. I'm sorry, but it was like. It was a joke about how good Fell Winter's Lie was, and it was a clip of him um, on, um, I can't remember what the map is called, uh, Shores of Time, uh, of him standing on uh, a heavy ammo, and he was looking across at point B, and he just had his Fell Winter's Lie out. He, like, shot a few times, like, hmm, that should have worked, and he shot it a few more times, and then he, like, photoshopped the kill score on on his reticle, so it looked like he killed him from that far away. Oh, (laughs) like a meme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was good times. But that was awful, absolutely awful, and I hated that so much. <laughs> then you pair that with Blink, Blink Warlocks yeah. with that max distance thing, and it was so hard to counterplay, dude. It was yeah. so good for a while. It was, uh, you abused it like no other. You, but you're I, didn't just like, have, <laughs> I didn't have the God Roll Fell Winters. I think I no. used like a Matador or something. But I mean, it didn't matter uh, because Felwinters Fel was just good yeah. base stats. Yeah, it was high, super high impact, good range, and it was it was great. So, and if you had that god roll, it was absolutely disgusting. Yeah, I I think my favorite time period probably aligns with you and with a lot of players. I enjoyed House of Wolves a lot, and that summer leading into the Taken King, I had a ton of fun with the game. But but that's when Thorn. Apocalypse was happening. Which is ironic. We were all very upset with the February yes. to September balance or August balance with but you Apocalypse. That time period. And then everybody looks back and goes, we wish we had that lethality and that kill time that we did back then. Even today, dude, people reference that era of how quickly you could take down opponents with the two taps. Yeah, and the last word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hawkmoon, one-shotting. Oof. I, think, I think people always crave a little bit of chaos with Destiny PvP. Not yeah. feeling unfair, but the feeling that you are powerful and there's counterplay potential. Anyway, I'm, I'm getting off topic there. What I remember the, with the Taken King is when you concluded the campaign and then was the quest called the Taken War? Was that what it was? Um, yes. Okay. When you got the quest, because it was the first time we had quest stuff in Destiny, and it just kept going on and on and on and on. I loved that. I don't even think I've felt that way in Forsaken to be honest, even though Forsaken has given me maybe more of a, a trail, more of a, a thing to chase, breadcrumbs after I've completed the main stuff, for whatever reason, the way they wrapped up the package in the Taken King just felt like, okay, beating the campaign is the start of your adventure. Now get ready. And Whisper of the Worm is cool, but we really haven't had any of those secret exotics showing up, like do this mission backwards when it's the daily, and oh my gosh, it's this <laughs> crazy thing here. Like, anyway... I loved that era. My least favorite era, since I talked so much about trials, was there was a point in time where Firebolt nades, if you had Viking Funeral on, um, was it the Sunsingers that gave you two nades? Anyway, there was an exotic where you could get two of the grenades as the Warlock, and they were viciously good. Firebolt nades were in... They were so, so, so strong. And this comes from a Warlock who kind of abused them and used them as well, like myself. I enjoyed it, but... It went on for a long enough time where it was probably one of the biggest PvP concerns, right? It was one of the biggest outcries from the community saying, please nerf Firebolts. Please nerf Firebolts. And I will always remember there was a Bungie stream talking about some upcoming piece of content. And one of the balance designers, I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to say, basically was reading the chat, taking questions from chat. And people were asking all about Firebolts, Firebolts. Like the whole chat was just a wall of Firebolt question mark. And the answer that was given, I think, was something like, we don't have any plans for class balance changes on this next upcoming patch. And it missed the mark so huge. It was like you took a knife and stabbed all these PvP players in the stomach because they're like, oh, what do you mean? Like it was almost like they were completely unaware that it was an issue, right? 
Yeah, it was the it's it's the best example of the biggest disconnect between a community and the developers that Destiny has probably ever seen. It was it like the whole front page of Reddit for the month the whole month previous leading up to the stream was Firebolts and Viking Funeral needs to be addressed because if you were like under 5 armor on your guardian in the crucible and you got hit with the firebolt plus the viking funeral burn you would die and it was just like a slow burn until you're oh, dead. it lasted forever it lasted like nine seconds or seven seconds so you couldn't even ridiculous. heal up for like 30 seconds yeah your only saving grace was if you had a helmet with like uh health regen on orb pickup and you picked up an orb to kind of like mitigate some of the damage and it was it was rough it was pair that with a thorn burn like the thorn tick and it was like yeah oh my it was gosh yeah, it was there. You hit someone with a firebolt and then tapped them with a thorn once, and then you ran away because you knew they would die. It yeah. that was insane, and that lasted a long time, if I remember. So, mm-hmm. uh, what was your favorite time on the podcast? Oh, um, <laughs> back of course, King's Fall again. Um, before hard mode had come out, we were thinking of ways they could make the raid more difficult. And I just kind of threw this out of left field. I said, you know what would be really funny is if in the jump puzzle with all the hive ships, you know how there's that platform halfway through? Yeah. Well, another hive ship spawns right next to it. So if they removed that platform, you'd kind of have to make a quick jump to the side. So if they if they made that, I think that'll be in hard mode. And that was just out of, that was a nonsense suggestion. And they actually did it. So it was like, I cannot believe I called that, but I did. So... There you go. Nostra Diddy Domus. You had a few like call outs like that that really came true during the podcast. And I remember like That's the one we that were, sticks out the most to me though. Yeah, we were playing King's Fall normal and you said they're gonna take this platform away in hard mode. Just watch. And I think you got made fun of in the group because they had never changed geometry. Like why they yeah. changed fights, but why on <laughs> earth in a jump puzzle would they change geometry? It's almost like the Gorgon's maze now doesn't feature like half of these tunnels or something. what that doesn't that didn't happen, you know? Yeah. And then it happened. And you were you're still smug about it years on, Diddy. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I am. That's gonna go on my resume. Uh, <laughs> called it. Called it. King <laughs> Jump Puzzle. I don't know if I have a favorite time on the podcast. Oh, I do. Okay. Year one of Destiny One was so cool as a news podcast. Because we still have the show notes from back then. The community was busy discovering things. You had data miners like Mega Man EXE who could try and predict Xur and predict content drops. You had locked off areas. You had all these thoughts about what Destiny could be. And the amount of news that came out during year one. I know we joke about content drought, but year one of Destiny 1, I feel like, had a very steady stream of stuff to do since it was a new game and we were still discovering it, and there was a really steady stream of things to talk about. Now, when you get to Rise of Iron, it was much harder. Like, having the Taken King be a full year of Destiny and not a whole lot of news past that initial launch, and then Rise of Iron being a full year until Age of Triumph the next spring. So I I just, I look back and adore year one and getting to be a podcast in that space at that time, which kind of segues nicely, Diddy, into... Talking about the Podbean and the YouTube numbers, like when the show was the most popular, listenership, all that stuff. You want to hop in there? Yeah. Okay. So we have all the numbers. I've never really shared this, I guess, on the show. But during year one of Destiny 1, we had some nice viewership over on YouTube and some nice numbers on Podbean. But it, like, exploded right after The Dark Below came out. So from The Dark Below until, like one month after the Taken King, we had consistently like 8,000 listeners on iTunes, sometimes up to, we had shows that hit like 30 or 40,000 listeners on iTunes, but very consistently 8,000 to 12,000 listeners on iTunes. And then YouTube, we could have five to 10,000 listeners. And that was from that period between like February and then uh, one month after the Taken King. One month after the Taken King, we saw the numbers go from 8K down to, I would say, maybe 4 to 5K on iTunes. And then during Rise of Iron, like after it, it lowered even further. And we've sort of leveled out about 3,000 listeners a week on iTunes. And then about 
1.5 to 3,000 listeners on YouTube. But there really was, from the dark below through House of Wolves and into the Taken King, a huge spike of popularity in Destiny stuff. And as a result, you guys uh, helped Destiny the Show become one of Podbean's top 10 gaming podcasts in both 2015 and 2016, which was insane for us. Like, huge, huge numbers, and that was all because of you guys and your listenership. And I'm amazed, Diddy, how steady it stayed even during content drought months. Even after Curse of mm-hmm. Osiris, we still were getting about three to 4,000 listens a show on iTunes. And I wasn't expecting that. And that's really cool. So, Yeah. Uh, I mean, at the time we're recording this podcast, we have on Podbean alone 1.5 million downloads. That's insane to me. And the last, you know, 10 weeks, we've had over 4,000 listeners or downloads. And it's that's just Podbean alone. And that feeds, you know, the iTunes uh, as well as Google Play and other uh, podcast apps. So that's that that blows my mind. It's that's incredible. There's a lot of people, and uh, we we sort of I think part of it though is we entered the scene early. I think that's a big benefit. Is mm-hmm. when we began, there was Guardian Radio, but nothing else jumps out. I mean, there were maybe two or three other podcasts, but at the time there was probably three or four Destiny podcasts in the scene. Apologies to anybody that I'm missing, but I do remember like Guardian Radio. Those guys got started really early. I think like 2013. Yeah. Maybe before even the alpha came out yeah like, as soon as it was announced the the subreddit went up and then from the subreddit they spawned guardian radio and it was it was like eight months of no destiny news and they still did podcasts that was incredible yeah they're a great show if you guys want to find another uh cast to listen to guardian radio for years and years has just done quality work yeah and then you know a little bit through the first year of Destiny, we saw you know the Planet Destiny podcast and Crucible Radio spun up and uh, Destiny Reset as well as a few a, a few uh, the Ghost Stories podcast yeah. that took the lore with its really high production value. Incredible. There's Absolutely so many incredible. good podcasts now, dude. It's yeah. insane. And you and I got to be guests on the Planet Destiny podcast twice when it was first mm-hmm. coming out, and that was really fun. And it's great to see how that has evolved over time. I mean, that original planet destiny crew turning into the dcp crew the destiny community podcast crew who does just a really really great job of interacting with the community and bringing on some real pillars of the scene and that's just cool man it's awesome to see these kind of legacies play out i think now would be a good time to talk about our merchandise how about that crazy diddy Welcome to Crazy Diddy's Tower Shop. We got more deals than you got glimmer. We got t-shirts, unisex t-shirts, women's tees, pullover hoodies, classic t-shirts, tri-blended t-shirts, women's shifting tops, contrast tank tops, women's fitted scoop tees, women's v-neck, women's relaxed fitted tees. <gasps> Phone cases, iPhone and Samsung Galaxy, throw pillows, mugs for coffee, tea, hot chocolate, the salty tears of your enemies, you name it. And when you can't carry no more, go on and grab yourself a DTS tote bag to carry all your DTS merchandise in. So skip on over past the Eververse Thief Tests and come on down to Crazy Diddy's Tower Shop. Crazy Diddy's Tower Shop doesn't take liability for any raid wipes or trial shutdowns while wearing DTS merchandise. Strange coins and legendary marks are not accepted as valid forms of payment, nor are worms or anadium flicks. Ogres may become enraged at the sight of DTS merchandise. If the enragement lasts longer than four hours, contact the speaker immediately. We're not affiliated with Eververse, Banshee 44, Matt Holiday's or any other agents of the Nine. Yeah! <laughs> Crazy that his tower shop. Uh, and, uh, well, Tess put him out of business, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> literally! <laughs> literally. Um, so, uh, what was it, our first year, our first anniversary that we... Um, uh, you can talk about some of the logistics, but we did have testing the show merchandise. If you're a, a newer listener to the show, you're probably wondering where our merch is. Well, it, it came and went. Um, we had t-shirts, mugs. Um, I have a coffee mug and a coffee uh, tumbler that has the Destiny Show uh, logo on it. And thank you guys. For those of you who have one of these pieces of merchandise, that was, uh, you, you have the most limited edition Destiny merchandise ever. So congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I We reached out to one of our good friends, Zebes, Zebra, who's an artist, like a really talented guy, and we wanted to redesign the logo with the intention of also allowing it to be used on merchandise. So we went and we looked up the kind of rules 
most companies have rules about their trademarks and about their copyrighted intellectual property stuff. And we actually made sure we created a logo that followed by the rules that Destiny had laid out. Like you can't use mm-hmm. and this the is the logo form. that you see today. Yeah, this is the uh, Engram. The Engram with the microphone in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that we learned in that process is you can't use the tricorn without like their express written permission. The tricorn being like the Destiny logo thing. You you told me that word, Diddy, and I'll never forget it. The tricorn. It's like an acorn, but three. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know what it was, uh, or like a horn, but yeah. three of them. Right, and it, it, you didn't know what it was called until we actually looked up these rules, and it was like, oh, it's called a tricorn. You're like, because I told you, hey, we can't use the tricorn. You're like, what? Yeah, what the heck what is, is that? that? And I said, oh, it's the logo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also found out that you can't really use the word destiny with the actual font that it uses. Um, that's copyrighted as well. Yeah, that skinny spaced out font can't do that. Um, yep. So we put our merchandise up on Redbubble, which is a popular selling site online. And like Diddy said, you could buy products for maybe about a month to six weeks or something like that. Thanks to anybody mm-hmm. who bought that stuff. It was really cool. We, we we did not break even on it. I'll share that in a minute. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It was the labor of love. And we got a notification from Activision with a takedown notice for the merchandise saying that we were infringing upon their intellectual property. And it was like a cease and desist, a kind cease and desist, not an official one. And... When you work through a platform like Redbubble, Redbubble has people and in these websites have people all the time who are trying to sell trademark stuff. Like if I tried to sell a shirt with Mario on it, of course, Nintendo is going to be like, no, 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 no. That is (laughs) our guy. Right. But I was a little disappointed to get this because it's like, you know, we followed the rules. We weren't infringing on any sort of trademark or copyright with this deal. What it likely was is Activision. It was through Activision. They probably have a, a bot that scours stuff like this or a, I don't want to say a low level position, but they probably have a position that's overwhelmed trying to find all instances of these things and shutting it down. And I think because our show is called destiny, the show, and it's so close to destiny, the game that probably set off their alarm bells. Mm -hmm. Now there was an option where you could contest it just like you can contest like a copyright claim on a YouTube video. Right. And Mm -hmm. I would have been happy to contest it because we definitely knew the legality issues here. Like, we are not doing anything wrong. But when you do that contesting form, you are stating you are ready to go to court to fight this if Activision takes it one step further. You are declaring, I am ready to go to a legal battle with you over this. And it was not worth it. I think we spent... Well, we, the commission, I don't remember what the commission like cost, but all I know is in terms of the sales, we did not break even. It doesn't matter. It was a labor of love. I harbor no hard feelings. That's just how the internet and how this stuff works. But if you have any of Crazy Diddy's merchandise, it is extremely exclusive, and that's why we never pursued making more. <laughs> yeah, you could put it up for auction and make millions of dollars. Totally. It's like uh, but Beanie Babies. But if you babies. do, then uh, we're going to sue you for oh, yeah. the... Uh... <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> we're not EA we're Activision rather um, any other stories that you want to share from that time Um, yeah so it was so about a year and a half ago actually um, I was job hunting and this was before I had my current job and uh, you know Every so often, I would pull up a lot of game developers' um, career pages just to kind of see what was out there because I know a lot of the positions out there for game developers I wouldn't be qualified for, but just kind of see how my skills stacked up. And uh, for those of you who don't know, at at this time I was, uh, or I still currently am, kind of, um, I was in IT. I was like a junior information technology administrator, um, help desk, answering the phones, fixing people's computers, that kind of stuff. Um, and I, one Saturday morning I was, you know, eating breakfast and I was perusing the Bungie careers page and they had a position that was perfectly in line with my skill set. And it just so happened that I was, you know, current looking for a new job at that time. And I said, oh my God, this is ridiculous. And I stopped everything I was doing and I applied for the job. This was uh, an entry level IT position. It was at Bungie headquarters in uh, Bellevue, Washington. And of course I'm in Texas and I just, I applied immediately and didn't think anything of it. Well, about a week and a half later, I receive an email from a recruiter at Bungie and they said, hey, 
we uh, we really like your application. We'd like to schedule a phone interview with some of the IT people here, and um, you know if you could fill out this NDA and they'll uh, they'll they'll give you a call. We'll, we'll we'll put it together. So I did, and uh, I'm not breaching any NDA that I signed right now because I'm not going to tell you exactly what we talked about. But um, I scheduled a phone interview. I had a phone interview with. Um, with IT people at Bungie for uh, an entry-level IT job. And uh, I thought it went really well. Um, this was before Destiny 2 came out, and they were kind of in the uh, the beginning marketing stages of the game. And it uh, it was really it was a really exciting time, you know. Um, unfortunately, I did not uh, progress in the interview process, uh, mainly due to, you know, they didn't tell me, give me a reason why, of course, but... You know, I, I would like to assume that uh, since I was, I would need to relocate, and for the uh, level of position that it was, they were p- probably not willing to, um, you know, pay for a relocation fee or whatever. Or maybe my skills just didn't add up. Maybe it wasn't a good uh, personality fit. I don't know exactly, but I did interview for a job at Bungie, and unfortunately didn't get it. But that was kind of like a a dream situation to be happening at that time. It was it was unbelievable. I never thought I would even get a, a a call. I remember that. That was really cool. And I mean, you can maybe comment more on this. I see it from the outside in. Some things played out in your life that actually ended up being a really big, awesome thing. And I think moving would have been very challenging. You know, that's yeah, that's a long move. I mean, this was before I had proposed to my fiance, and it was like, well. If I do this, I'm going to have to move to Washington, and it would have been. And we we sat down, we talked about it, and we said, "Okay." She understood. Yeah, this is Bungie. You got to go for it. You got to try. And if they offer you a job, we'll we'll take it from there. But the the plan was, you know, I would move up there as a temporary living arrangement, and she would follow, you know, six months down the line, make sure that the, the job worked out, and uh, we would have moved with the dogs and everything. So yeah. Um, but of course, it didn't progress, and um, then I applied for, interviewed, and got my current job, and I absolutely could not be happier with my current situation. Like my job right now is exactly what I want, and we'll talk about what I currently do in just a little bit. And it's it's I'm actually very happy I didn't get the bungee job. It, it would have made it would have been very difficult to you know move my life, but it I was in a good spot career-wise and um, in terms of my age, I'm very young. I was, I would have been able to make that move, that life-changing decision, uh, but it didn't play out. And honestly, it's, I've benefited greatly from, from that not working out. It's cool. You took the shot though. Yeah, it was, I mean, you never know until you try. Right. And that gave me a lot of experience. It was like the first true technical interview that I had. They, they questioned me about it things that I never thought they would have asked. And it was like, Oh, lots of really interesting questions. So I gotta, I gotta think really hard about that answer, but you had to be really quick on the spot because it's a phone interview, but it was, it was really neat. I liked it a lot. Uh, speaking of I don't know how to segue into this, but if you look at the roster of Destiny the Shows, you'll see that we're on episode 224, and everyone is Mm -hmm. present and still in the library, except episode 169. Episode 169 has been lost to the infinite forest, and as much as I would love to share the story (laughs) with you guys of why uh, it's no longer available, that's going to be one of those stories that if we ever bump into a DTS listener out in the wild... We'll go grab like tacos and beer and we can tell you that story in person. But I just, uh, there's only one episode that's been lost to the infinite forest city and that is 169. And it just so happened to be the episode that I announced my engagement on. And it was like, ah, man, but yeah, that's a, that's an in-person story. You'll just have to to think about, uh, what that entails, you know? (laughs) Yep. So let's kind of move towards wrapping up here. I want to talk about like, you know, what's next for you and me, um, life, career, hobby, gaming, and then maybe moving into some parting thoughts for the listeners and some thank yous. So Diddy, uh, what's next for me? I know it's rude to step in front of you, but I'll just frame it. And no, then hey, how, how about this? BBK, what's next for you? Like, <laughs> what, what, what's currently on your plate in your career and your life Where do you see your yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in five months or three years Does, or 18 
days, you know? Yeah. Does, three hours. <laughs> the question of where you see yourself in five years gets scarier to you the older you get. Because for me, it's, um, it's more unclear now than it was five years ago. You know what I mean? Maybe not for mm-hmm. you. You're, you're pretty... A lot of things are coming together very, very nicely. So maybe I asked at a wrong time, but you know what I mean. It, that question maybe yeah. never gets less fearful. So, yeah, uh, I'm gonna continue creating YouTube content. It's a, been a really fun hobby. I'm still gonna play Destiny. We're still gonna follow Destiny. It's gonna be very hard for us not to look at twabs and do all these things. It's gonna be kind of weird not recording weekly shows with you. Yeah, we're still gonna have the habit, but you know, <laughs> work has been getting a lot harder for me. I work in marketing and. Uh, I can't really talk much about it, so I'll just say that it's it's been a challenging year, and I look forward to maybe ways to complete challenges, solve things, get better, all that jazz. But I will say this year has been hard in, in terms of work, and it's going to continue to be pretty challenging and stressful for the foreseeable future. In terms of hobbies, I love mountain biking, and I love snowboarding. This year is the First year, I've really gotten back on the ball with mountain biking in terms of training and riding a lot. If you guys didn't know, mm-hmm. I used to race mountain bikes all through high school, and I even was a pro for a couple of years. I got the snot kicked out of me when I was a pro because I was trying to go to college at the same time. And I, <laughs> yeah, I had a few races where I finished pretty close to last, unfortunately, but <laughs> it was still a fun time. I mean, and I like doing that. It's getting colder. So I want to learn some new hobbies. I've uh, been getting piano back dialed again this year, which has been pretty cool, but there's always new nice. things to go out and learn. Uh, and then in terms of gaming, this year has been, I think, a really good year for me. A lot of times with YouTube, when you earn revenue from YouTube videos, it's not a lot, but it can help with some elements of the bills. And so it can be really easy to dedicate a lot of time towards it. And this year has been... A growthful year in the place where I'm accepting the fact that I I can't keep up with full-time YouTubers and I can't try and maintain a schedule you know if you look at the Forsaken launch I think by the time we were one month in I had maybe six videos done on Destiny 2 five or six and some of the competitor channels had like upwards of 30 (laughs) I'm getting to a place where I play games to spend time with friends and also work on YouTube stuff, but the amount of time I've put into it has decreased quite a bit. And I think that's healthy moving forward, trying to find a balance where I'm not working all the time. You know, as fun as it is to create YouTube content and what a dream it is to get to make gaming videos and earn a little bit of revenue from it, it's still a job. And so coming home from a stressful day at work and then just doing more work, I think. I've had a bad balance in my life for the last mm-hmm. two years and I'm starting this year. I think I'm starting to figure it out. So maybe I got a little bit nice. deeper with that than I should have there. But uh, what about you, Diddy? What's next for you, your life, your career, hobby, gaming? Yeah, so obviously getting married soon before the end of the year. So that's extremely exciting. We're both extremely happy with everything that we've got going on. Um, in terms of career, of course, um, I've moved from a help desk role into a security analyst role. Um, I also do um, in, internal IT help for the company I'm at, but primarily the security analytics. Um, so I, I work for a cybersecurity consulting firm, and it it's so much better than I ever thought it would be. Hmm. Um, I I was very interested in. Uh, networking and security and uh, I, this was kind of like an entry-level role that I applied for and I have since moved up into more intermediate and advanced roles it it works it makes the most sense to me I'm having a lot of fun with it and uh, in the very near future I'm working on some professional certifications um, more specifically if any of you are familiar I am working on um, since I do the IT stuff I'm doing working on an MCSE uh, for Windows Server 2016 and Office 365. That's the Microsoft Certified Solutions Expert or something like that. Hmm. Systems, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I'm also working on uh, a CCSP, which is a Certified Cloud Security Practitioner. Um, 
So those are the immediate future. Uh, of course, the, a step up from the CCSP would be the CISSP, which is like the, if you're in information security, the CISSP is like the certification to get, but you need five years of experience in the field. Um, so, so I'll be working towards that and I'll be working towards a, a more higher level security role. I love it. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. Hobbies, gaming. Oh yeah. Uh, so hobbies, of course, we've got the dog training still going on. Um, uh, we, we, we kind of, well, okay. I lied. We're, we're not doing dog training right this second, uh, because we've been focusing on the wedding stuff. But once we get married, um, we're going to go back to dog training classes, doing dog sports. Uh, Flynn does rally, which is competitive obedience and healing. Um, whiskey is still crazy. Um, so his focus is not all there. If he sees another dog, it's really hard to get his attention back away from that dog. So, mm. uh, we really want him to do agility, but, uh, we haven't found the right trainer for that yet. Uh, hopefully we can get, uh, get some, some good, some good practice in before we, uh, before we go back into a class. Nice. And then, uh, gaming, um, my fiance and I, we love killing floor. It's super fun. We recently got a Nintendo switch. So we've been playing breath of the wild together. Nice. That game is incredible. That's honestly our first legend of Zelda game. Uh, neither of us really, I grew up playing the games. We were playing other games. She was doing Resident Evil stuff. I was doing Halo and the wrong games, according to her. And <laughs> um, Breath of the Wild has been such a, for lack of a better phrase, a breath of fresh air. It's it is incredible what this game provides. It's it's really nice. And we got Smash coming out pretty soon. I'm really excited for that. So yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. I'm looking forward to playing Smash with you, and I agree. Breath of the Wild. Um, played it on the Wii U at the beginning of the year. I originally only bought the Wii U for Zelda, and then when it cross came out for Switch and Wii U, I was like, no! But it's still it's a great <laughs> game on the Wii U as well. Um, yeah, if anybody's really burned out on modern games, and you have a console that supports it, dude, Breath of the Wild. Take it at your own pace. Just sit back and enjoy it. Really cool. Nintendo, dude. It's odd. The older I get, the more I appreciate Nintendo's design philosophies because it's like, this isn't an eSport. You don't have to dedicate your life to it, and it's fun for almost anybody. Like, most of their titles you yeah, can put in you the hands of anyone. Yeah, if you haven't played it in six months, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's, the meta hasn't changed, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's still going to be the adventure game. Speaking of meta... Uh, a recent gaming achievement of mine. Uh, League of Legends World Championships is going on right now, and I haven't played League in about five or six months, uh, but they said, hey, if you get gold this season, uh, you get the Victoria Oriana skin, which is a mid lane mage that I only play when I get mid, and I don't have a skin for Oriana yet. And I said, I wonder what level I am. I was still in gold, but I was like minus three LP, so if I lost my next game or if I didn't play for another week or two, it would have kicked me back down to silver. So I said, Okay, so I played a game and I won. And I'm like, okay, there's my League of Legends for the year. I'm done. I get oh the skin. Oh my gosh, we're good to go. <laughs> good stuff, dude. You got your skin. That's amazing. Yep. yep. All right. So some parting thoughts for the listeners as we wrap up Destiny the Show. I want to just say thank you guys, every one of you who've listened to the show, who've been in the Discord, who we've played with, who's watched one of the YouTube videos. Thank you. This podcast was purely started four and a half years ago just on a whim of, hey, Diddy, we like Bungie. We love Halo. Do you want to try this? And it turned into an adventure that has impacted both Diddy and our lives positively. I can safely say... A heroic say, adventure. A heroic adventure. Good deal, man. Now there we just got to do it backwards on the special day and we'll get a prize. <laughs> um, selfishly, Doing this podcast has helped improve, I think, both of our speech skills dramatically, like talking Agreed, in front of yeah. other people or, you know, job interviews, things like that. I really think it's helped. And I want to just, I want to thank everybody, dude. It's bittersweet today, for sure. And all the stories you guys have shared with us the last month about when you started listening or where you listen, it's been cool. And I just... I appreciate it deeply. Your your parting thoughts, Diddy? Me too. Uh, I'm just going to reiterate the, the speaking skills that we've gained. It's just like it, you don't think about it, right? Uh, when I was doing my job hunt and uh, we were in the middle of doing the podcast, we had 
you and I doing this podcast has allowed us to grow our speaking skill in that we know how to hold a conversation now. Um, there's no awkward pauses when we speak. There's no stammering or excessive amount of ums or uhs. And as I say that, I'm probably doing it right now. But it's it's crazy to see. It, it's it's not something you usually practice speaking, right? It's It's just so natural. But at the same time, when you're put on the spot, it could just break down and you could sound not so intelligent. Yeah. And going through the interview process for a multiple job, they say, wow, you speak really well. And the reason I say that is because in IT, communication skills are lacking for a lot of engineers or ad- admins or help desk people. And it's an undervalued or it's a, um, it's a very highly valued skill that not a lot of technical people have. So I would say if you're in any field, regardless of what you do, doing something like this on a weekly or daily or monthly basis is good practice. And it's going to benefit you not just as a person, but you know, professionally, uh, with your friends, with your social life, with your family, you know, just being able to hold a conversation. Personally, as I say that, also know that I hate small talk. <laughs> if I pass you in the hall and you say, hey, how's your weekend? And I'm like, I got stuff to do. Stop talking to me. <laughs> like, I just, I just shut it down because I hate small talk. But actually being able to hold a conversation where I'm talking with the client, talking with my boss, talking with friends of mine at coffee, with, uh, with my fiance, we're just able to have a nice conversation because honestly, we, you and I have practiced a lot and I would highly encourage something like this to anyone out there, right? Um, my, my boss actually said, you know, you speak really well, maybe you should try Toastmasters. Toastmasters is this program that improves you know, business communication, business ethics, or that kind of stuff. Uh, presenting, maybe you have to do a presentation at work or at school, and it just helps you do that kind of stuff. So look into it. Yeah, I think that's a good piece of advice I wanted to offer here. If any of you are excited or passionate about something and you'd want to start a podcast of your own, I could not encourage you more to take that step. Do it with a buddy, do it with a friend, make new friends, guests, that sort of thing, but really take that dive because, like Diddy said, it can transform lots of aspects and you could create something that allows you to connect with a lot of people. If we go back and we listen to the first year of Destiny the Show... Uh, our banter, our rhythm, all that stuff is terrible like compared to where it eventually <laughs> became. And that's just how everything in life works. So practice it. And if you're passionate about this, I really encourage anybody. I do this with YouTube too. If there's even an ounce of curiosity about, man, that would that be fun? I think I'd want to try that. Do it. Yeah. Just take that step. And the last thing I wanted to share, one of the biggest lessons I've learned the last four and a half years, you can be constructively critical of something and still enjoy it a lot. Destiny, throughout its whole lifespan, has had contentious opinions. People on side A or B of the fence, and there's always going to be hot-button issues in the scene. One of the biggest... Like, I prefer skill-based matchmaking. Okay, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's break it down, (laughs) the pros and the cons. And there's a repeating theme I see on my YouTube videos and even on the older Destiny of the Shows where if you don't like it, then just leave. Well, throughout all of life, you can really enjoy something as well as being constructively critical of it, offering Mm -hmm. positive feedback and discussion points. Because the whole, if you don't like it and leave, just shuts down all conversation. So moving forward, I just want to share that with people. Both Diddy and I have had periods of time where we love and dislike Destiny, but at its core, we've always wanted to see this game and, and community succeed. And having those conversations and being constructive about it is key for moving forward. But Mm -hmm. Diddy, thanks for four and a half years of destiny, the show. You're welcome. Something fell over my apartment. (laughs) It freaked me out. I carried the show for four years. Just kidding. Yeah. Backpacked (laughs) it super hard, but for real. Yeah. Thanks for showing up and thanks for doing this with me. Thanks for this heroic adventure listeners. Thank you guys for everything. And I just, I wish you the best of luck on whatever your next adventures are. Diddy and I aren't going anywhere. We're happy to talk with you guys in the Discord. Um, Yeah, that's all I got, Diddy. 
That's all I got. I just want to point on one thing that you said. Be passionate and speak about the thing that you're passionate about. It is much easier to improve your speaking skills if you're talking about something that you're passionate about. And for us, that was destiny. Find the thing you're passionate about and make it a hobby, make it your career, and just talk about it. Awesome. Well, Diddy, where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash DiddyDTS, D-I-T-T-Y. DTS and youtube.com slash whooshness w-o-o-o-s-h-n-e-s-s and you can follow our puppies at flynn on instagram at flynn underscore and underscore whiskey e-y yep i'll have links to those things on our show notes today on our website destinytheshow.com i'll leave the website up for the foreseeable future if you guys ever want to dive back into the history books of dts you can follow us on twitter at destiny the show Who knows, if we show up for a secret surprise holiday thingy, we'll definitely talk about it over there. You can follow me on all the socials, at BBKDragoon, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, all that jazz. And then finally, if you want to join in the conversation and just keep chatting with us, discord.me slash destiny the show. Thanks, everybody, and we'll talk with you next time. 